0: You're now listening
1: to the Inside Out podcast with Jimmy Hunt. Get it?
2: Welcome to Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt. My job is simple to improve my mental fitness through any means possible and deconstruct what works, what doesn't, and what I think may be able to help you become mentally fitter. And quite often, it leads me to some pretty interesting people, places, and stories. And today, we're going to talk. I'm going to have some stories about cheating, why people cheat, and I'm going to do that with my lovely wife, who I have not cheated on, Libby Grace.
1: Hello, Hi, Libby. Hi, Jimmy Hunt.
2: Are you happy to hear that?
1: I'll I'm I'm not- not
2: admit this right here, right now. <laughs> I have not cheated on you.
1: I'm not surprised. Well, that's good because I'm awesome.
2: All right. <laughs> Right, it's more to do with you than it is me that I haven't cheated. Yeah, why would you? All right. Well, let's figure that out then. Apparently, over 40% of marriages will be impacted by cheating. That's many. That's many marriages. Infidelity statistics are notorious for being very... Hard to pin down, not not, not all that accurate. No one's admitting out loud. (laughs) Yeah, Um, generally sort of most surveys find that around 25% of all couples in relationships experience infidelity at some point. And so marriages obviously last longer than normal relationships, so I think that's probably why marriages are at 40%, but general consensus is 25%. And they also found out that men are slightly more likely to cheat than women. That stat's probably just because women are better at getting away with it.
1: Oh, do you think so?
2: Apparently that's what, that's what it is. Wow. Like women are just smarter. Smart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they're,
2: just, they're just better at cheating, right? Wow. Even though it's slightly more men than women, the more financially independent women become, the more likely they are to cheat. Yeah,
1: that makes sense. A guy
2: called Mark Manson is an author I like. He's most famous for writing uh, the subtle art of not giving a fuck. Um, But I really like his newsletter and some of his articles. He has an equation for cheating that I like. And the equation is basically if self-gratification is greater than intimacy, then that equals cheating. right? So if self-gratification is greater than intimacy, then that equals cheating. And I'll explain that a little more. Self-gratification, obviously, as humans, we need some self-gratification. Good food, good sex, lots of sleep, not too much work. But, you know, there's also porn, video games, Insta selfies. These are all self-gratification, right? And the hallmark of an adult... Or at least a decent human being, is basically the maturity to be able to delay or give up self gratification for better long term gain, and we've seen this through all sorts of uh, studies over the time. The the classic is the marshmallow experiment and the children. kids, yeah, it's
1: adorable. Yeah,
2: you've seen that, right? And if you if you don't, basically the it's very simple in that they offer these kids who are. You know, I, I think like four, Five. To, four, four to six. Yeah, yeah. something I, around there. Here, you can have this marshmallow. You can eat it right now. Or if you wait,
1: then you get two. I think it's like more what, than two, isn't it? It's like what, you get yeah. a stack of marshmallows. Whatever
2: it is. I don't remember it. Like but, it's a
1: pretty big... Gratification that would yeah. come.
2: But basically they were trying to find out whether if kids can have uh, a delayed self-gratification if they have better outcomes. Yeah. It's a controversial experiment um, that's been redone a bunch of times. But basically in adults, being an adult is the, <laughs> and, and not being almost anarchist is the ability to, have, to delay self-gratification for better long-term results, right? As humans, also, we have an innate desire for intimacy, pretty understandable. We want a closeness, to, we want to be feel, feel loved by somebody else and to feel as though we're sharing our lives with somebody. That's why we get in relationships. And unfortunately, these two needs are often contradictory. So to achieve that intimacy and love, you have to sacrifice your own self-gratification at times. And to achieve self-gratification, you often have to sacrifice some love and intimacy. And so this can be as simple as watching a movie you don't really like or attending some boring work party that you don't care about. But it can also be deep and complex, like being open about your fears and insecurities to your partner, or making a conscious commitment to be monogamous with that person for an indefinite amount of time. And so if a person... Value self gratification more than the intimacy that they gain from a relationship, then they will stop sacrificing for the relationship and they're likely to end up cheating. And if a person values the intimacy they gain from a relationship more than the self gratification, then they will willingly sacrifice some of their self gratification in order to remain faithful. You get that? Uh, yeah, I do it makes it makes sense, that's sort of like the two broad categories right yeah. that that we're that we're balancing off, kind of like when I talk about love and fear, yeah, and all of the things that make up those two categories, Mark is basically summing up the two sides of the relationship in regards to self gratification, like basically doing things for your own best interest in the moment, yeah. And love and intimacy, which is the connection that you create in a relationship. Yeah. And we see this all the time in our own relationship, right? Because I'm very much for self gratification.
1: Oh, my God. Yes.
2: Right? Yes. And so my whole thing in life is really delayed self gratification in order to maintain this relationship. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're much more love and intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so you're delaying the self gratification very easy for you.
1: Yeah. And coupled with that, the re- I don't go for self gratification like instantly or very quickly because I've, I think the way I've been brought up and um, my life experience, it makes me feel like it's bad to look after myself first. You yeah. know, like it's actually a bad thing. It's yeah. not, it's not a, there needs to be a balance, I think. What's exactly. Obviously what Mark Manson's saying and what you're saying is that getting somewhere towards center of that would be ideal. Like you, you're giving yeah. yourself enough of what you need, but you're also giving your partner enough of what you need makes a relationship where you probably are less likely to cheat.
2: Yeah. And so with that equation, it basically gives two main reasons for cheating. Mm. The first one is an oversized need for self-gratification. Yeah. Right? So self-gratifying cheaters basically come in two flavors. One is uh, miserable overcompensators Uh and the other is people in power. So uh, the miserable overcompensator is basically constantly – focused on their own gratification because they feel so miserable about themselves that they need to make themselves feel good in order to cover it up all the time, Uh, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. So chances are that if your cheating, deadbeat, (laughs) ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, wife, whatever, is a miserable overcompensator, then cheating probably wasn't the only destructive, self-gratifying behavior that 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 they – that they have, right? They're probably, you know, maybe a heavy drinker, a hard party, a drug user, a social climber, like in anything like that. Things that that put their own needs more, not even needs, their own wants in front of your relationship. Yeah. Right. And so that just leads into sex mm. being one of those things. And then people in power are. You know, same thing as like people in high positions of power, the people who don't have anyone to say no to them or those that don't really face any tangible repercussions for their actions. Yeah. Right? So power doesn't have to be um, like economic power or anything. It can be social power. Um, these can be people who have just been given complete power over a, a relationship. Mm-hmm people who have no repercussions in their actions from their partners. And so, yes, you can absolutely unwittingly enable your partner to cheat on you. Mm. Sometimes people can cheat out of anger or a need for revenge, but this is also self-gratification, right?
1: Making yourself feel better. Making
2: yourself feel better. So saying all of these things fit under these sort of big brackets. I think, yeah. Uh, I mean, my, I mean, so we can, we can say like, uh, here, here's my history. I was cheated on by my first girlfriend. Yeah. I was cheated on by another girlfriend I moved to America for. I was cheated on by my ex-wife. And so.
1: Who's waiting to be cheated on by me.
2: I don't think that would be the case, but yeah, like. <laughs> I sort of – I understand being cheated on. Yeah. And when I look at some of these things, I can go, right, she was somebody – that category. Yeah, she was somebody in that category who put self-gratifying behavior. And also I think in regards to my ex-wife, she was angry at me and so – you know that yeah. was a self gratification. to Make thing her there, feel better as well to make her feel better. Yeah. Then the other side of the equation there is the lack of real intimacy. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, it's not rocket science to to say that the likelihood of infidelity in a relationship is directly proportional. To how miserable the relationship is.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Right? Yeah.
2: If it's a really fucking terrible relationship, then the likelihood of cheating just skyrockets. Yeah. Right? The problem is that many people don't recognize the misery of their relationships. I certainly didn't in my last marriage, for example.
0: Mm.
2: I thought things were quite fine. Yeah. But... From an external view. Yeah, Yeah, looking backwards, you can see. Exactly. Yeah. If you come from a family full of miserable relationships or you have a long history of miserable relationships, in that relationship, it's not even really miserable. It's just normal. It is just normal. Yeah. And so you then get very surprised when your wife is fucking the milkman. We don't have a milkman anymore. <laughs> Such a tragic That's a classic one, isn't it? <laughs> right. But that's but that's what happens. You're like, how did this happen? What like how is this even a thing? Like everything was fine. Mm. I was absolutely dumbfounded when you found out. When I found out, yeah, that I was had been cheated on. Yeah, like just blew my mind
3: because I thought this relationship was normal. Yeah. But it wasn't. But
2: it was normal for you. But it was normal for me. And so there are two sort of relationship patterns that usually end up with somebody cheating. And both of them involve poor boundaries. And both create the illusion that everything is great when really it's a big pile of shit. And so the first situation is when one partner feels as though they do everything for the other partner. They take care of them. They give them everything they want. Maybe they support them. And that person feels like a goddamn saint. And then what happens? They get cheated on, right? Yeah. And the reason that this is actually a toxic situation is that when you do everything for your partner, when you take care of all their problems and show them that no matter what happens, you will always make it better for them, you show them that there are no well, there are essentially no repercussions for their actions.
1: Yeah. The boundaries are like super far away. Yeah. And I feel that that was kind
2: of how I felt in my last marriage. Right. I felt like I was a saint. Right. Yeah. Because even though I was going through all of my own shit, I was supporting her. Yeah. Financially, emotionally, socially, because she had moved to New Zealand for me, mm-hmm. And so I just felt like I was doing everything, everything. with her. Yeah. And every time she had a problem, I would fix it. Sounds familiar? Sounds like you. <laughs> right? And so, like, I basically gave her no boundaries.
0: Yeah, right.
2: And you yet was then magically surprised when she <laughs> broke an unspoken boundary.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm... I'm not, was it unspoken or was it, is well, it just I presumed? Mean, this
2: that is assumed, isn't it?
1: <laughs> and everyone said, hey, by the way, don't cheat on me. When you get married, Right?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of one of the, I guess, maybe it's unspoken, but it's expected. Yeah, of course. In a relationship.
2: Yeah, but then you're super surprised that they've cheated on you and yet you've been tolerating sort of the exact kinds of behavior that led to the cheating all along.
1: Yeah, it's just another step along the rung of, oh, I'm getting away with this. And not, not necessarily consciously, it's all subconsciously happening. Oh, I can do that. Cool, no repercussions. Oh, I got away with that. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. what else can I do? Exactly. And so it's not
2: it's not your fault. No. Um, but you sh- sure as hell weren't helping the matter. Yeah. Right? You were, yeah. kind, of, you were kind of enabling it. And you know, believe it or not, A healthy and loving relationship requires that people say no to one another on occasion.
0: Yeah.
2: It requires that each individual stands up for themselves and their needs because only then can two people, as self respecting individuals, discuss what will work and what won't work in a relationship. And so the other symptom of. A lack of real intimacy is jealousy. If you list a lot of reasons why people cheat, jealousy is up there a lot. And so when someone is possessive and jealous, it is usually the result of a lack of trust, which is the result of a lack of communication, which is the result of a lack of intimacy.
0: Mm, For sure.
2: Right? Yeah. So jealousy fits in that big category of a a lack of intimacy. And so when you have an intimate relationship, like an actual emotionally intimate relationship, then your communication is going to be better. If your communication is better, then you're probably not going to have jealousy. Yeah. If you don't have jealousy, then you're probably not going to get cheated on. Yeah. Right? So that's why I agree with Mark when he says that you know the intimacy part of it and the lack of it is one of the main causes
1: yeah i mean that's, of that that's kind of to me seems standard if you're if you've got no emotional or physical, physical intimacy in your relationship anytime anyone pays you an ounce of attention mm. outside of your relationship is going to yep. feel good and you know up to you whether or not you build on that and act on that but the jealousy side of it as well i think when when you are a person who is not being given the intimacy you need and then you see your partner maybe talking nicely to someone else and being friendly and kind mm. or whatever or maybe just touching them on the shoulder or anything like that even that feels a bit like a slight and you're jealous be, of that jealous. intimacy exactly so you can sort of see it it's it is i can see why 40% or probably more yeah. relationships are impacted by inf- infidelity because that shit's common People sitting there fuming that their partner's, you know, paying more attention to some, even if it's their work colleagues or guy, yeah. you know, guy, let's say it's you, for example, I was in that situation and you were hanging out with your mates more. I'd be jealous of that. Mm. I'd be jealous of not spending time with you or you know, not having intimacy. I don't really have any
2: guy mates for you to get jealous of like that anyway, but yeah. Okay,
1: yeah, hypothetically, but that would make me think, well, I need to find something to make me feel good, you know, like it, I can see it. it yeah. It's so easy to, yeah. it's so easy. Yeah.
2: And so one of the reasons that people cheat is because of a lack of having their needs met. Exactly, right? yeah. And so right there we're talking about intimacy needs and they, they could be intimacy, they could be personal, they could be sexual. Yeah. but. Whatever it is, it is a lack of having your needs met. And you just want your needs met. Yeah. And instead of actually communicating that with your partner, mm-hmm. which creates the intimacy, yeah, you then just go look to have those needs met somewhere else.
1: Yeah. Dangerous. It is dangerous. But if it works for you, then, you know, like if you're, we've talked about it in, we did an episode, I think it was in the soul contracts episode where okay. we talked Way about, back at the start. yeah, a long time ago where we talked about how approaching your partner and saying, these are the things I need and them not being able to fulfill them. Even if you have that conversation, honestly, they might say, oh, well, they might not be open to that conversation um, or they might not be open to actually changing their behavior to help you fulfill your needs. So, you know, it's kind of there's that fear around having those conversations sometimes because just because your needs aren't being met and then articulating that doesn't mean they're suddenly going to get, going to be met. Right. So yeah, it's kind of, to me, it feels like you can have a conversation, you can look for intimacy in your own relationship, but if it's just not going to be there, then that's when I feel like there's that fork in the road. It's like, well, I can cheat and self-gratify or, the relationship might need to end.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, so the, we've got to understand the difference between needs and wants as yeah, well.
1: obviously. So
2: <laughs> if there are things that you want that the relationship is not giving, well, that's, that's one thing. That's something that needs to be talked about. That's something that needs to be understood between you. And then that still shouldn't lead to cheating. That should lead to going, hey, this relationship probably isn't. It probably isn't working because I want all of these things that you can't, you can't give me.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is that fork yep. in the road? Whereas the needs, for
2: example, the need, the need for an, a relationship is intimacy. Yeah. Right? That is a need. That's not a want. Like, otherwise you're just friends. Yeah. Right? So if, you, if you're going to have an actual intimate relationship, it needs to have intimacy uh-huh. by definition. And so if you're not getting that intimacy, then you will go find it somewhere else. Yeah, of course. And so the problem with that, and I think this happens a lot in relationships, is that there are a whole bunch, and I I especially see this from the woman's perspective, in that, hey, look, I met a guy. It was great. We got married. We had kids. And he gives me the stability of a family. And so I want the kids, I want this, I want the other thing. And now the intimacy has gone. Right. And this works both ways. I'm not stereotyping either way. After a relationship has been going on for long enough, the intimacy has faded. And so they go then look for that intimacy somewhere else, but they don't want to leave the relationship because the relationship still gives feels them nice, yeah. well, No, the relationship still gives them all these things that, that they, they want. Yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: Right. They want the stability. They want they This want, is classic
1: cheaters 101.
2: Yeah, they want the house, they want the the position in society, they want, you know, all of these things. Um they're lacking the intimacy, so they go and try and find it somewhere else. And we see this all the time in relationships that have got on is that like, how do we rekindle intimacy?
1: In a, in a stale relationship. In a stale
2: relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a it's, tough, If tough you question.
1: could answer that for everyone just real quick, that'd be great. Um You'd be a millionaire. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell
2: you what, it, I, I mean, fuck, we hark on about it so much, but uh it comes down to the communication. Yeah, of course. Like, the fact that even someone would admit to their long-term partner that there's no intimacy anymore, like just that having doesn't that happen. conversation, yeah, yeah, just it does yeah. it just doesn't doesn't happen. Yeah, it's
1: having big it's having big ugly, gnarly,
2: uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations.
1: conversations. That's that's the key to a successful relationship. Like, ugh, putting yeah. it all out there because yeah. you can't, you, yeah, yeah, especially with um, especially when it's your needs not being fulfilled. And we also talk. You and I about a lot about fulfilling your own needs. Of course. But I this is a slightly different yeah. um, category of that.
2: All right. So we asked the question, how do you not get cheated on?
1: I mean Well
2: <laughs> First of
1: all. <laughs> don't go into a relationship. Yeah, first well, okay. <laughs> be well single. first of all, yeah, be
2: single. But second of all, don't go into a relationship with someone who is not good at delaying self gratification.
1: Yeah, but you don't know that. But
2: you can check that early on in a relationship.
1: I knew you weren't good at it, but you haven't cheated on <laughs> me. You're like, you're the antonym to.
2: Yeah, that is true. Um, you're that, but terrible is, at yeah.
1: self-gratification delay.
2: Enforce healthy boundaries. Yeah. That's a, that is a big one. And I'll, I mean, I'll give you an example of a healthy boundary early on from what I needed for a relationship. We were going for a walk. And I said to you, I'm going to stare at other women that I think are attractive, right? Yeah. I said, like, let's just get that out, of, out in the open right now. If I see a pretty girl, I'm, I'm going to look at her.
0: Yeah.
2: And... Like, I'm not going to pretend you're the only pretty woman in the world. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend
1: that. I think I, yeah. I think I remember being
2: like, yeah, me too. (laughs) Exactly. Right. But the prevailing narrative in relationships is no, honey, you're the only one for me. You're the only one I find attractive. You're the only one I look at. You're my everything. You ain't. It's not. That's just not. It's not possible for the human animal yeah. to, to, to act like that, right? And so we had both been cheated on yeah. going into Our this relationship.
1: relationship.
3: Yeah. And I've,
2: I guess I'm just, I don't know what was in my head around it, but I just wasn't afraid of being cheated on again. Mm. Like, It's happened multiple times before in my life. It's probably going to happen again. You've survived Like, just keep going. Yeah. Like, what else are you going to do? That's your option. Be single. Yeah. I was like, I didn't want to be single forever. So, like, all right, we'll just fucking do it. But obviously you don't want to be cheated on again. And so I definitely knew knew that you were someone who could delay self-gratification. I knew you were someone that could put your need for intimacy ahead of, you know, being constantly self-gratified. So that, mm-hmm. that, was, a, that was a tick in the column, <laughs> right? The healthy boundaries, I also said to you, which we've mentioned before, that in, at the start I was like, look, I'm going out yeah. five nights a week. Yeah. Uh, this is a boundary that I have. I need to be going out, meeting new people, hanging out, making new friends, doing doing cool things. That's a boundary for me. That's mm-hmm. me getting my needs, my self-gratification needs met, but me going, you can come with me if you want. Yeah. And if you don't want to come with me, then cool, then we'll make up for it in other times. Yeah. But these were healthy boundaries that I was putting in place for me at, at the time. And our boundaries look different now. Yeah, you don't go out five nights a week, no. except to go and eat tacos without me. I go and eat tacos without you five days a week, absolutely. But, but yeah, like we both have healthy boundaries that we talk about all the time in regards to our relationship. Yeah, And we also completely acknowledge that boundaries change all the time. And they're constantly moving backwards and forwards. And yeah. we have to keep communicating those boundaries so that we're both really aware of them.
1: I think the, the, just the communicating the boundaries or the kind of relationship structure that you'd like it to have, even if it is changing, which like you said, it does, it ebbs and flows. It kind of morphs as the relationship relationship grows. It's the actually having the conversation and just having that communication that makes you think, oh, this is what that person expects of me. Okay. Like you just know, you're kind of armed with knowledge going through your relationship that this is what my relationship needs to look like from their perspective and mine. Oh, we, we're on the same page, or we might not be, but I understand it. But when you go through relationships without having those conversations and one person's expecting, I don't know, a higher level of intimacy because I, let's put it from a, 1960s health, housewife perspective. Oh, I've been slaving over the stove and looked after your kids and cooked you this amazing dinner and support you and you know do everything in the house and you come back home from work and all you want to do is have a, have a scotch and sit down and watch TV. I need a cuddle. Like, yeah. but they don't say that, right? Of that, course. That kind of trope, No, that happens in modern relationship as well, where people are having their needs unmet, but not Articulating it, yeah. And so for us, it's been a real key to why our relationship has been so successful, is that we do always talk about those things. We talk about the the needs that we have, and even if you're not on board with my needs, even if you're like, your needs drive me crazy. Like I can't do that. I hate that. At least you're aware of it, and that when it pops up, that we do have a we come we butt heads about it. I'm like my needs aren't being met here, and you're just like oh, well, I'll try or I won't or whatever. Mm. At least you're having those conversations over and over and over and, you, and you're, you know where you stand. So the likelihood of that turning into resentment or, or pulling away from the other person is much lower. Yeah. I, I mean, cheating really
2: comes down to sex a lot, right? That's usually what cheating is. Yeah. It's, not, it's not too often where it's, Uh, emotional cheating where they're not having sex but they're just having but that would be
1: me when I'm like I want to (laughs) just we always talk about me going onto Tinder just to flirt with boys because I love to yeah to find someone to make handmade pasta and
2: drink red wine with
1: yeah but I don't want the actual relationship at the end of it you know like when I've done that when I've been like oh this guy's really cute and like chatty chatty and then it's like what if they asked me on a date like I would ghost him you'd be the ghost queen I would be like oh so sorry just um, here for the bands. Sorry, I'm married. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, you'd you'd have a copy
2: and paste really big apology letter at the end of each one. And <laughs> this then, is just and, for me. Yeah, and then delete the uh, unmatch.
1: I would, but oh. that's, that's. I understand what you're saying. For yeah. me, it's all about that Whereas, emotional connection. Yeah. And, yeah. if, and if I was to cheat on you, it would be because I don't feel emotionally connected to you, not because I don't feel physically
0: connected exactly. to you.
1: And so... Yeah, you know, I,
2: I mean, for women, it is a lot to do with sex. For you, you're a bit of a different <laughs> uh, kettle of fish with this. And but men, it is especially to do with sex. Yeah, and a lot their, of the time, and their unmet needs th- for sex. And I've got a really good example of this. And when I was home in New Zealand last year, my sister was over, and I don't know where she saw it, but the local brothel in Tauranga is for sale. Right. And we talked about buying it and what we could do for it and how good we'd look after the girls and we'll do this and that and the other thing. Oh, I think it came up um, because so dad's, there's a guy at dad's bowling club that died and at the, at the funeral, like this guy did a eulogy and at the end, he he said something, just an offhand last comment, which was like, I wonder who's going to get his Sunday 2 p.m. appointment. Oh See you my later.
1: God. And all the
2: people who were in on it knew you. that this guy can't play bowls on Sunday afternoons because he has a standing appointment at with the two women. <laughs> yeah, two women uh, uh, at the brothel. Good for him. Exactly. Every Sunday. And
1: he's in his 70s. He was in his 70s nice. or something like that. Right? Nice.
2: Yeah. And so I was like, who's going to get his appointment? Yeah. And so my mum and my dad were in there with me and my sister. And so I have to, mum's like, oh my God, I can't believe it. My mum's very prim and proper and all this. And so I had to explain prostitution to my mother (laughs) in a way that she understood. And so this was the thing is like, I said to her, Let's say, and this happens quite often with women in their 60s and their 70s, where they are no longer really interested in having sex as much as they used to. And so we see the sex drives in the older woman decline. And um, whilst sex drive in men do decline, it's nowhere near as much. And so I said to my mum, I said, let's say, you decided right now that you weren't really interested in sex anymore. <laughs> I can imagine your mum in this conversation. Yep.
1: Your former.
2: Just got to a place where, hey.
1: That's like, it. We're done. Turning off the taps. Yep, turning off the taps. That's
2: it. But
1: you still love dad. You still want to cook him little yep. dinners. Yep. You, you still, still want him to mow your lawns. Yeah. And
2: you still want to be in a happy way. I mean, they'll be married for, for how long? 47 or eight years or something. A hell of a long time. 40 many years. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, but dad's like, I still want to have some sex occasionally. (laughs) And you're like, so you're telling me, so you're dictating that, that that I can no longer have sex anymore because you've decided that you don't want to have sex with me anymore. Yeah. And I said, so dad has three options. One, he can go, yeah, absolutely with you. I'm turning it off too. I'm going to shut down all my sexual desires. I never want to have sex again. Uh. Two, dad can cheat on you without telling you with Marilyn, the secretary (laughs) at the Bowls Club, whoever else is down at the Bowls Club. I don't know. There isn't have to be someone from Bowls? Well, he doesn't meet anyone else anywhere else. He's got to be really. It's really, It has to be someone at the bolsters. It really does. <laughs> but there are a lot of widowed women down there. Very who might, oh, might. like a bit of Paul Hunt. I don't know. <laughs> oh <my> God, <laughs> right? This, this That's episode so, well. has <laughs> devolved. And but so he so he you know legitimately to have his you know innate meat needs met. He, he could go cheat on her. Yeah, of course. And I reckon that she'd probably never find out. But that's morally fucking wrong. But yeah, it, it is. Right? Yeah. Or Dad could take Dave's appointment on a Sunday. <laughs> I said to her, look, he doesn't have to be greedy. Like, he could just do one. He
1: does not Dave was doing
2: him. Doesn't and, need two. Just one. Two women. Right? Just one. On so every Sunday... Dad just goes out for the afternoon for an hour or so. <laughs> just off to the club. club. And exactly. And then he comes back and he's happy. He's had his needs met and you guys can bloody have, have dinner and, and watch whatever you watch on that Channel 17 on uh, <laughs> Sky. Who knows? Right? But that's those are your two options. I said, look, even if you, if you want to take yourself out of this equation, Think of your friends in that situation what do you think is a better option what do you think is the best option and she agreed did she? Yeah, she your did. dad just got a whole pass yeah almost <laughs> oh oh i mean I, I i suspect i hope i hope they're yeah. still having sex but like that's that's literally a you're a moral quandary Oh, yeah. To, to to go
0: through. Yeah,
1: it, it does make sense. It's weird to talk about it in context of your actual parents, but, it, I mean, I talk about it and we, we talk about exactly. it in our relationship and, and, and as a general rule in relationship, but, yeah, just putting your actual – I have their faces in my head right now. <laughs> it's a little – I must admit, it's a little weird for me. Yeah, but so,
2: like, he should be allowed to go to the brothel mm. if if that was the hypothetical situation.
1: Right. Yeah. What if he didn't want to? That'd be sad. Ah. Okay. Let's not go. That's a whole other conversation we could have. But
2: but but so this this is the point though, right? So, for example, you and I uh, like the website Reddit, Uh and there are all sorts of AMAs and uh, questions ask me any things that come up. Um, You like relationship advice? That's a subreddit that I used to. It's got a bit. Okay. Whatever. But there are I've seen questions or stories in there. I was at AMA the other day about a woman who is asexual. So she allows her husband to have sex with their friend every fortnight. Mm -hmm. So every every two weeks on a Friday night, her him and this friend have sex. They have Mm -hmm. a night of sex. And it was her idea She set it up Mm -hmm. and like her friend like doesn't, you know, want to be part of their marriage or relationship or anything like that. Like she's just single and happy to have sex with him every second Friday. Mm -hmm. And like, cool. Because if you end up in a relationship that is like with an asexual person, Someone is not having their needs met in some yeah, way. Yeah. And so how do you fulfill the needs in another, in another way?
1: Yeah. And we've become so puritanical as a society in the last few hundred years, I guess. Yeah. Well, no, not even that long. Maybe 200. That it's, it's kind of like, well, if you're not getting your needs met, then you just suck it up and still stay in that relationship because it's the wrong thing to do if you, if you want. If you're not having sex with your partner, you shouldn't want it from anyone else. Like we're yeah. kind of in that in that realm a lot. Absolutely. It's the, this whole episode has made me think we need to do an episode on monogamy and like how how anti-nature that is and how it's like almost it's killing relationships by like by having to be monogamous. It's it's hard um, to for a lot of people to fight that natural instinct to not be with one person or to you know, to want that freedom to to choose who they who they are with and when and not be tied down. And, you know, we've kind of put relationship into a category of a man and a woman. Let's be very, very stereotypical here, a man and a woman and a couple of kids and a house and a fence and all of that. That's what we've idealized for so long. But relationships are rapidly, rapidly changing. Like even the fact that they're that we're more um, open to talking about pansexual relationships or any type of um, you know mixture of of sexes in a relationship, and it's it's more normal now. It's more common now that that whole landscape has changed. So
2: yeah, well, what's interesting with that in the changing definitions of relationships is that people are having their needs met more. That's what
1: I'm saying. Like yeah. we're now more we're becoming more evolved through it. We are we're understanding that people don't just want to. Mm. have a a a marriage, man and a woman, and a white picket fence. Here's,
2: here's a good example. How many husbands were cheating on their wives, still to this day, but especially uh, in the re- recent past, how many husbands were cheating
1: on their wives with, a guy. with men? Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Right? Like, yeah, common, common. So, 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 so common because they were not allowed loud. to be gay. Exactly, and so <laughs> many men of a certain age – were divorcing their wives at, yeah. you know after the, having kids and doing that and then coming up, out yeah. saying you know what I've been gay this whole time yeah. and it how helps-
2: many wives are traumatized by that cheating or that revelation Absolutely. because they were not allowed to be yeah. who they were in the first place no
1: it's horrible and it's so yeah like i'm saying that the landscape is changing of relationships we are uh, aware now of the fact that people are people have different choices people have different um People have, have different wants, and especially sexual desire or attraction. That's there's a whole there's a whole new category of words I've had to learn, you know, to to understand what people's interests are. So having that, um, I feel like having that understanding of of more of a uh, varied sexual orientation landscape means that cheating potentially will. Maybe go down. Like yeah. Maybe we won't see so much of those because we're not just doing that, what society wants of me from you know, old-fashioned beliefs. We're actually open to yep. different kinds of dynamics.
2: All right, the last and biggest point that I have on how not to get cheated on is to always be willing to leave. Right. That is the consequence to a boundary.
1: Mm. Right, Actual consequence Actual
2: consequence to a boundary And so
3: If you said to me Jimmy If you
2: ever cheat on me I'm leaving Yeah And then I cheated on you
1: And I didn't leave And you didn't leave Oh like my last marriage Yes Yeah (laughs) Right Yeah there's no consequence And it's like oh I got away with it Sick yeah. Do it again. Do it again. And it felt good too. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. No, right. of course. But it, uh, yeah. I mean, there's so much. This is a very superficial conversation about so many deep, deep, deep things that, yeah, of, course. of reasons why people allow that kind of behavior and you just can spin off into so many <laughs> sessions yeah well um,
2: you've already you've already you know spun it off into monogamy, monogamy. yeah you can spin it off into but, like, all sorts but of things I but i yeah. know my
1: reasons for al- not allowing i know my reasons for not walking away from my previous marriage for so many times of you know, like it took me, I remember my girlfriend saying, how many times is it going to take of him, yeah. you finding out he's cheated on you for him to leave? And the answer is five. Yeah. It was five times. <laughs> that was the answer. Yeah, absolutely. But, it's, but I, I know my reasons for staying. So it's very, very easy to say. It's easy for us to sit here having gone through stuff and worked through stuff and feeling like we, we kind of have an, an understanding of where we sit. It's very easy for us to say, just get ready to walk away or have consequences or whatever. And doing so in practice is obviously a lot more nuanced.
2: Obviously. What would have happened if I'd started this podcast with Libby? I've been cheating on you.
1: I would be like, oh, am I back in my relationship therapist office 12 years ago when that exactly happened? <laughs> I like, oh, i him in deja vu.
2: Did he... Tell you in the therapist's the office because that, that was when you first found out yeah, that you've been cheating.
1: Because I knew and I suspected, and I knew, I knew, I knew, but no, 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 you're, you're making it up and you're crazy and you, you know, mm. all that kind of b- bullshit. Um, and so, well, there's something you know wrong with our marriage, and let's go get counseling and blah blah blah. And then sat in our first session, and, and she asked, Is there anything anybody wants to? say to bring to the session and he yeah finally admitted it literally oh and I was a damaged 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 young thing back then wasn't that young but I was I had not really processed or worked through any of my stuff in fact I hadn't even been diagnosed PTSD at that point that's what yeah was the catalyst for all of that so anyway long story short at the end of that session we walked outside to our cars and I gave him a hug
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) So you, So would, how would you react differently if I told you that I'd been cheating on you for the last six months with uh, a girl down in Labunda? Oh.
1: Um, I'd be actually more surprised. I'd be quite shocked.: Yes, because we don't have that kind of relationship. Yeah. Would you leave? Yeah, I'd have to. Good. Because that's, that's not our relationship, that's not what we. That's, that would shatter not only. The cheating thing, but the idea, the the, real, belief, yeah. the belief, or the, the understanding I had of what our relationship was because yeah. you, you, you would have been deceptive and it, it's all of that part of it rather than just the cheating. Because you can, you know, and I'm pretty sure our audience knows, you can go home and have sex with whoever, whoever you want, whenever you want. That's fine. Don't care. We need, I don't own you. That's no, I don't think our audience knows that. I thought we talked about that. No, do we? I thought we talked about it in a, an episode where I can't remember when. Yeah. Anyway, whatever. If you, if you had been for the last six months, yeah, de- lying, deceiving, whatever, yeah. that's where it becomes a...
2: Yeah, and you know I'm a terrible fucking liar.
1: You were pretty good at lying.
2: That one time. That one time. <laughs> <laughs> that one time. It's the only time, and I, it was so hard for me, and I have no idea how anyone could actually keep up a, 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 a cheating life.
1: Just to give some context, it was when he was planning um, to surprise ambush... Marry me. And yep. he lied to me for a few months while he was planning that. Exactly. I
2: remember you going, So you weren't playing pool with Mark? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, No, these we things
1: started to <laughs> unravel. I was like, Oh, now that makes sense why you would always be going there. I was like, That was weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I trusted you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, exactly. Um, and so I would have I thought less of you right now if you had said that you wouldn't have left.
1: hmm. Yeah, I mean, but that's that's what I mean by saying we have that we have that um, understanding that if you need to go and have sex with someone else, it's not it's not you don't cheat on me, like it's not a go and do it secretively. You know what I mean? Like that's if we maybe I put that a bit too
2: well. And just to clarify for the listeners, since you since you spoke about it, I don't go around having sex with, with, with lots of other people.
1: No, but if you needed to. We would have that conversation, and it'd be like, okay, cool. And these are the reasons why, or whatever. Just, say, I'm all I'm saying is, I don't own you, and that if that's a need that you have that I'm not fulfilling, then that's a conversation we have, and you, you exactly. we figure that out. So I'm not saying he can't ever sleep with anyone else in the rest of your life. That's not for me to say. But yeah, the cheating side of it is the mm. is the yeah the, the keep a secret from you. The boundary that we have is, is a very strong one.
2: Yeah. But, so, yeah, well that, that's just it, isn't it? Like, if I went and slept with somebody and didn't tell you about it, mm. that's cheating. Yeah. That's just straight deception. Yeah. And that's what's bad.
1: That's, that's betrayal. Not the act and, of the exactly. sex,
2: but the act of the deception. And
1: I think I, um, with my ex-husband, I remember saying to a colleague at work when I used to talk to her about it a lot, what was going on for me in real time, and I said to her, it's not even sex that bothers me that really, I don't really care about that. It's that he's falling in love with her and all mm. that he, and the way he's treating me like those yeah. are the bits. It didn't, it didn't hurt that he was having sex with someone because sex is an act to me. It's like, whatever. It's just a, it's yeah. a thing. It's a physical thing. And yeah, you attach meaning to it and you know, it means different things to different people. But the, the deception was, the betrayal was huge. And the fact that he was, you know, feeling something for someone else was the more hurtful thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah oh, all right, that's cheating.
1: It's a, like I've said, it's a, uh, there's a can of worms that we could yeah. open and that, that could spin off into so many oh, directions. Well, it's a good thing
2: we have an unlimited podcast Yeah, go on but for eternity. just. So we can talk about all of these things.
1: Man, just be careful out there, kids. <laughs> it's a minefield.
2: Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. And I think, yeah, I mean, if we're going to sum up this cheating, And what saves people from being cheated on and cheating on people. It's something we've never done a specific episode on, yet talked about it consistently over all relationship episodes. Yeah. And that is communication, communication, (laughs) communication. If you allow it to live in the dark, dark shit will happen. If you talk about it, it brings it into the light and you get to it see it, you get to process it, you get to understand it, you get to work through it. I mean, hopefully, unless they're an absolute sociopath fucking serial cheater, cheating usually only happens towards the, you know, the end of a relationship when it's devolved to a point where someone wants to take a drastic action mm. outside of the relationship. And so if we can have that communication throughout the relationship, hopefully it would never, ever, ever, ever get to that point Mm. because I can only speak from experience and I know that even though I've never cheated on anyone in my life, I especially wouldn't cheat on you because our relationship is so in the light. Yeah. And so if, that's, if there's anything to take out of that, that's, I think that's the lesson.
1: Anything else to say, Libby Grace? No, I'm kind of, I've got a lot of stuff <laughs> from that. Like it's brought up all my, lots of thoughts and lots of things about relationships in general. I can really, I'm kind of ruminating over stuff in my head. It's like, mm, that's really interesting. Okay,
2: we'll go write them all down.
1: I can't. There's too many.
2: We'll go write them all down. <laughs> we'll do another And then episode. we can do other episodes on them. That's the whole point of this. Mm. Um, but apart from that, oh, have, a, have a wonderful day. Have a wonderful week. We send you love and we appreciate you being here. Thank you very much. And we'll see you all next week. Bye bye now.
1: That was Inside Out with Jimmy Hunt.
0: See you next time.